Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler, recording a special episode in response to the government's announcement that it will introduce a 9pm watershed for all ads for high-fat salt and sugar products online and on TV by the end of 2022. And it could go even further and implement a blanket ban of all HFSS products online instead of just a watershed. I sat down with the IAB's Head of Policy and Regulatory Affairs, Christy Dennehy-Neal, to talk about exactly what the government has released, what the potential implications for digital advertising might be, and how the IAB is responding on behalf of the industry. We cover it briefly in the interview, but on Wednesday the 5th of August, we're hosting an online forum for all IAB members, where we'll be joined by experts from across the ad industry to hear how the ban stands to impact different areas of digital advertising, what the government is basing its decision on, and the other factors that need to be taken into account. The panel will include the Advertising Association, News UK, Mindshare and Facebook. Once we've heard what the experts think, we'll turn the questions over to our members. It's free to attend for IB members and you can find the link to sign up in the episode notes. Back to Christy then. And I started by asking her exactly what the government has said so far. So the government has said that it wants to introduce a ban on advertising for products that are high in fats or sugar. So they're called HFSS products. So that's food and drink that's high in fat, salt or sugar, according to a specific profiling model. And it has said that it wants to ban those adverts before nine o'clock online, anywhere online and also on TV. But it's also said, actually, for online, it wants to go further than that. So rather than just a restriction pre 9pm, it wants to look at how to implement an in, a total restriction online. Uh, and where's all this coming, coming from? I mean, we've seen we've seen the sort of the launch and um, the prime minister in his running gear. And I think he's out with his dog in one of the things. So there's, there's clearly a, a bigger drive on obesity, isn't there? There is. Yeah, exactly. So this is very much part of um, a, an obesity plan. So over the last couple of years, the government's had a couple of different obesity plans, which have been primarily focused at childhood obesity. This plan uh, goes much wider. And as you said, uh, it includes Boris Johnson encouraging people to go for a run. Um, But also the specific advertising measures uh, fall under part of the plan that's about shaping marketing to children. Um, And so that's where it fits in the bigger picture. You've been working, I mean, you've, you've been working policy at the IB for some time. This isn't something that's new for you, is it? There's already been ongoing conversations with government about exactly this and how it relates to children. Yes. So in 2019, the government published a consultation. So it's not the first time you write that they've talked about advertising restrictions. So the consultation that was published last year was on further restrictions to HFSS ads uh, in TV and online. So there were a couple of options that the government put forward in that consultation, one of which was a 9pm watershed. The others were looking at perhaps uh, tightening up the existing rules. Uh, and, and watershed, I mean, that, that feels like, a, well, it feels like the better option of the two between having an outright ban and a watershed. Did, would the watershed work in the same way online as it would in TV? Is that, is that what the expectation would be? Yes, the theory is that it would work in the same way in that you have a a, a time cut off. So you wouldn't be able to advertise HFSS products online between 5.30am and 9pm. It would be permitted after 9pm. So Mm. the the theory would apply in the same way, yes. Um, Although the rationale for it 
um, is, is one that's relatively sensible for TV where um, the time of day is linked to the nature of the content and therefore yeah. the likely audience. Obviously that's, that's not the case online. Uh, and you talked a minute ago, Christy, about um, some of the stuff that's in place already to protect children from HFSS online. Can you just give us a rundown on, on what's in place already? Yes, the CAP code already has uh, very strict rules actually that restrict advertising HFSS products online. There's equivalent rules in TV as well. So those rules were brought in in 2017. So it means you can't target HFSS ads at children. So you can't target them in children's media. You can't put them in media where children make up a significant amount of the audience. Ah. And also the content of the ad also can't appeal to children. So it's both the content and placement restrictions that were introduced in 2017. And um, we should do some sort of bingo, not only for you in general, but HFSS. I mean, that's going to, if you say that enough, it's going to trip anyone up. Well, um, yes, as you just noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got this kind of self-regulation in place via, via the CAP code. Um, uh, what's been the reaction i guess across the industry so far the reaction to the the government's proposals I, I think the industry is extremely concerned primarily because um there'll be a huge economic impact across yeah. the board but also because the evidence that the government put forward in its consultation last year didn't demonstrate that actually media restrictions additional media restrictions to the ones that we already have yeah. would make a meaningful difference to obesity and i it, i can see that it, it seems on the surface uh, and the way the kind of narrative's been played out um in the media that that you kind of think well advertising must equal excessive consumption must equal mm. obesity uh, and that's simply not the case and the government's own analysis so obviously it went to to quite some lengths to review the relevant evidence and to do uh, the assessment uh, of what the outcome might be of further advertising restrictions. Um, and they just didn't support further restrictions and certainly not an outright ban. So I think the industry is concerned about the fact that this would damage industry and restrict advertising freedoms, advertising perfectly legal products to adults yeah. without making a meaningful difference to obesity uh, so it's kind of you know the wrong solution to the problem it kind of feels strange because on the other hand i remember watching many a daily briefing around coronavirus where the insistence was that the government follow the science um so it's a surprise i guess that the science doesn't quite doesn't quite bear out uh doesn't quite bear out on this one that there is a debate here as well isn't there which is a slightly odd one which is um uh people could point a finger and say well are you now suggesting that advertising doesn't work uh, and I don't think we're saying that are we? No of course we're not saying that um, and that that's a really it's almost a microcosm really uh, of the complexity of the issue uh, and 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 what's at stake here so of course we're not saying advertising doesn't work but but nor do we judge whether advertising works by obesity levels as I said it's kind of there is this simplistic narrative that advertising is there to drive uh, consumption and potentially excessive consumption of things that people uh, think are unhealthy or junk food uh, and then that the, that consumption is the cause of obesity so you take away the ads and you solve the problem um, but actually it, it's much more complex than that so obesity is a hugely complex issue which I'm certainly not an expert in but academics uh, consistently emphasize that it's a 
a systemic problem. It's got lots of different causes yeah. and factors, uh, all of which are interdependent. Uh, and there certainly isn't this linear relationship between ads uh, and obesity. So we're not, of course, saying that advertising doesn't work. But, but the policy question is not actually, does advertising work or not? Mm. And that, that's not the basis on which you decide whether to regulate. The policy question is more, does it work in ways we don't want it to? Does it have unintended consequences? Yeah. Um, does it cause harms? And that's why we have the CAP code and the ASA system, which is ultimately uh, there to, to make sure that ads are responsible uh, and that they don't cause harm or offense. So that's the question we should be asking. Does advertising cause or create a risk of harm, which in this context means obesity? You can sort of get a sense from the policy. This is a wide reaching, um, you know, trying to tackle obesity for everyone. When you look at the, the response on this, the government are saying that children are being bombarded with HFSS ads. Um, is it about children specifically here? And if it is, why would they consider a blanket ban that would, uh, that would block ads from, from everyone? It's a good question. The government has said that the advertising restrictions and, and the potential ban are aimed at children. So, as I said, uh, where this sits in their overall policy or plan, which you're right, has, is designed kind of for the wider population. Mm. Uh, this sits within a section where they talk about um, shaping marketing to children. So, yes, they do say that children are being bombarded. But actually, again, according to their own data and their own analysis, that's actually not happening. So the impact assessment that the government published last year, alongside the consultation proposals, um, which is where they did all the kind of, you know, the working out of what would happen if we implemented certain restrictions, um, that didn't show that children were being bombarded. And that was even given that the data that they were using was pre the rules that we introduced to the CAP code. So even before we had these new restrictions, which came in in 2017, that prohibit advertising of HSS products to children, even then they didn't, the data didn't show that children were being bombarded. So I think we need to be um, you know, mindful that, that, that there's, you know, politics is having a big influence here. It's politically expedient um, to talk about a ban um, and to tap into people's emotions, you know, a, a ban is something, or, or even a watershed is something, you know, the public can recognise it and understand what it means. Yeah. Um, it grabs the headlines. It looks like the government's doing something. Um, but actually, when you sort of dig into the detail, unfortunately, it probably uh, isn't, as I said, the right solution to this problem. Um, uh, alongside the um, the idea that we might argue that advertising doesn't work there's also this other slightly strange narrative which is uh that uh we don't want to be seen to be playing our role in reducing obesity uh which of course many of the trade bodies have come out and said that that's not the case and that that's certainly not the case from our position either is it not at all and i, I think the industry has been uh consistent and i think universal in recognizing that uh, that there is a challenge when it comes to obesity um and a, the, you know, the, the industry itself through the self-regulatory rules um, that are enforced by the ASA actually recognised this issue early on uh, and, and spent a lot of time uh, over 2016 and 2017 looking at the evidence uh, and looking at the risk of harm and, and then introducing rules around children as a result because we recognised that there was a, a small risk and it is small when, 
between uh, when you look at the influence of advertising mm. and children's food and drink preferences. So, of course, we recognise that obesity is a huge social issue. Um, and that's why we've taken steps to restrict it where there is evidence that, that harm might occur. And obviously with children, um, we recognise generally uh, in the advertising regulatory system that they need more protections. Um, yeah. So we have uh, quite a lot of rules uh, for, for all sorts of um, types of product that are designed to protect children. And we have them for HSS because we recognise that there is uh, a risk, albeit a small one, and we want to take advertising out of that equation and, and show that we, we are not contributing um, to that problem. Um, I think HFSS and I think junk food and sort of fast food stuff, but um, I'm being educated otherwise. It's far, far broader than that, isn't it? It's not just burgers and pizzas and takeaways and that sort of stuff. Exactly. And, and again, a lot of the media coverage around the ban has been yeah. illustrated with pictures of burgers and, yes. and takeaways. Um, and, and no, it, it really is not that straightforward. Um, some fast food products certainly would be in scope. Um, but actually, if you look at um, the HFSS model, um, and it's quite a complicated model that I, I, I don't fully understand, but it, it sort of, it, it, it trades off kind of um, sort of what, what you might consider to be unhealthy aspects of a food or drink product against right. what you might consider to be its benefits, so its nutrients. Um, but actually, the, when you do those kinds of calculations, you end up with some really strange um, outcomes and all sorts of food and drink would potentially be in the scope of this ban. You, right. You're talking about things like soup, uh, crackers, hummus, mayonnaise, honey, um, raisins, and actually some things that you might assume uh, would be HFSS aren't necessarily. So a lot of McDonald's Happy Meals actually are not HFSS. Uh, um, some oven chips would pass the test, some wouldn't. Um, and at the time that the government consulted last year on further restrictions, the nutrient model that underpins the decisioning about what's HFSS and what's not was being updated. Uh, and that update, uh, if it went through, which it hasn't done yet, would be putting even more food and drink products into the HFSS category. So you're right. talking about um, you know, the majority of high fiber breakfast cereals. Um, cheese is already HFSS, so you're already mm. uh, restricted on advertising that, but also some other, the kind of things that you need um, to prepare food, you know, oil and, 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 and salt and sugar and things like that. Yeah. So it's really quite confusing, but I think, you know, people should be under no illusion that this is not a narrowly focused ban mm. on advertising uh, burgers. It, it's absolutely not that. And if you think about things like Christmas dinner ads, for example, yeah, or yeah, ads yeah. for as for barbecue ranges that we're seeing you know, at yeah. the moment because we're having such nice weather, all of those would be affected. And there are some wow. products that can be reformulated. For example, yogurts, perhaps you can, you can reformulate them so that they come under the, right. uh, the levels so they're acceptable. But there's some things you can't, you can't reformulate bacon or honey yeah. or <laughs> those <laughs> kinds of things. So this would be very widespread as far as we understand it and is likely to impact, you know, any company in our industry yeah. that serves or deals with serving any kind of food and drink advertising. Wow. Um, I mean, that's incredible. Crackers and honey. Uh, when you think about, uh, and at the moment, um, there aren't a lot of details as I understand it, but if you were to sort of play this out in a way, uh, what aspects of digital would it affect? I mean, it feels pretty obvious that display in terms of, you know, video leaderboards, MPs, that, that kind of thing, anything visual 
uh, is going to be problematic, isn't it? Does it go further than that, though? Most likely, yes. So, uh, as you said, there's, there's not a lot of detail available at the moment. So, but if we assume that the scope would be similar to the scope um, in terms of the consultation from last year, which was focused around a watershed, um, and we've been led to believe then that, roughly speaking, um, what counts as online advertising and would be therefore within the ban uh, would be approximately the same as what's within the scope of the current rules in the ASA system. So if you think about, about, well, everything (laughs) pretty much. So um, the ASA system uh, currently regulates all online advertising wherever it appears. So not just display, uh, not just video, it's also paid search. It's also also social media, whether or not it's paid. So even if you use um, Uh. social media for marketing, it's not just advertising, but for marketing potentially that's going to be in scope. Um, it's, it's classified, uh, it's listing on third party retail platforms. So for example, um, you know, if you've got a, a, a product or a, a um, food outlet that's listed on, I don't know, a delivery app, potentially yeah. that's, that's in scope. Right. Um, it's pretty much everything you could think of when it comes to online. You, you can't um, sort of avoid it by saying, well, we'll only use social or we'll only use, yeah. uh, you know, uh, non-paid for marketing. The ASA regulates uh, content, marketing content on brands own websites. So potentially that's in scope too. So it would wow. be extremely broad. Um, I, can't, I can't immediately think of anything that wouldn't be in scope really. Wow. And I guess the impact when you start, about, when you start to think about things like that, um, it isn't just, you know, big food companies that you can think of. Um, these are going to be SMEs and small businesses that I guess that maybe don't advertise anywhere else except online and might only do a bit of search and a bit of social perhaps. That's sort of incredible. And, and then you get into the whole third party thing of supermarkets, the deliveries, the Uber Eats of this world. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I had no idea. Um, there's loads there, Christy. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's absolutely loads. What's, um, what, uh, what are our next steps i guess from a from a policy point of view um we have an event coming up on wednesday which i'm going to talk a little bit more about but um what do you and your team do next in working with the government and with with dcms yes yeah, so um we're obviously talking to dcms we we're uh, in regular contact with them um, normally anyway so we'll we'll be talking to them to to try and understand more um i think what we're particularly interested in is is better understanding um, the rationale for a proposal for an outright ban, because remember, this isn't something uh, that's previously been discussed with industry. It was, mm. it was new policy when it was announced on Monday. So uh, we haven't really had the opportunity to, to look at the ramifications. Um, we're also uh, intending to write to, uh, to DCS, DCMS ministers um, to raise concerns about it, because uh, as we were saying earlier, it, it, it's so uh, wide reaching that yeah. there's unlikely to be uh, you know, many companies that aren't affected by it, including digital media owners, of course, who, who heard those ads we've just been talking yeah, yeah. about for, yeah. you know, for supermarkets and Christmas dinners, as well as things like fruit juices and smoothies. Mm. Um, so we want to, to, to raise that with DCMS ministers. I think in terms of uh, what else we do, um, we're looking at the moment at, at what our options are. We'll continue to work with uh, the Advertising Association and other trade bodies to push back on these proposals. Um, and the government has said it will issue a short consultation right. um, on how to implement a total ban online later in the year. So, of course, we'll engage with that as, as we do with all relevant government uh, consultations. But I think this particular issue, um, 
you know, it, it presents quite serious consequences. Um, and, and not just in, in this space, actually, we have to think about the approach to policymaking uh, for digital advertising. Um, and if the government is going to make decisions like this that don't appear to be led by the evidence, then it sets quite a dangerous precedent. Yeah. Um, and it's important, uh, you know, that we raise those concerns. So we'll be talking to members uh, and looking at our options and putting together a bit of a strategy in the coming weeks. Uh, and last question for me, um, how quickly can we expect things to happen? In terms of a consultation, the government said it wants to publish that as soon as possible. Practically speaking, I think it's going to take a bit of time. So uh, I'd say before the end of the year, we would expect that. Um, and the government will also publish its response to its consultation on, on a watershed from last year. We also expect that before the end of the year. You would need primary legislation to implement these restrictions uh, online, and that's obviously not a quick process, but the yeah. government has said it wants to do that by the end of 2022. So I, I know we've had a lot of concerned members kind of saying, well, we're in the middle at, yeah. at the moment of, of planning, planning campaigns, <laughs> and, uh, you know, designing ads and planning campaigns for, yeah. for Christmas. So they won't be affected um, right. beyond, you know, obviously having to comply with existing rules. So the end of 2022 is when the government wants the new rules in place. So there is a bit of time for industry to adjust. But I think, um, you know, we have to act now yeah. uh, to make clear what, what our concerns and issues are. Um, Chrissy, that was brilliant. As ever, every time you come on this podcast, I come away totally enlightened about what's <laughs> going to happen. It seems like an incredibly complex and nuanced issue. Uh, and perhaps the solution isn't so complex and nuanced at the moment. Yes, exactly. I'd agree. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, James. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising. Christy Dennehy-Neal, the IAB's brilliant head of policy and regs there. Christy touched on it in our chat, but perhaps the biggest risk with this announcement is just to think that it won't affect you or your business. The scope of the ban in terms of all the products it will cover, so not just junk food and fast food, uh, as well as all the different aspects of online advertising, means that whether you're a buyer or you're a seller, you specialise in search or audio or video or influencer marketing, it's highly likely that this ban is going to affect you. Check out the HFSS FAQs we've published today on ibuk.com and book your place at our online member forum on Wednesday, the 5th of August. Both links are going to be in the episode notes. So big thanks to Christy for coming on, and thank you very much for listening. IAB UK.